welcome. You can follow along on your YouVersion notes if, if, if you want to. Last week, we began a new series called In Proverbs, where we're just looking at the book of Proverbs. We're not going verse by verse like we typically do, and we typically teach through at Church Project, because Proverbs would be impossible to do that. And so we're going into an 11-week series, and I want to I clarify some things. We're in this new building, and Waypoints is a church body. Church Project is a church body. But for the next 11 weeks, we're going to be teaching together. Todd and Justin from Waypoints, Ryan and myself from Church Project, we're going to be teaching. In fact, I gave this message on Friday night, so that was my practice run. Today's going to be sick. Like, this is my second ever give it. And then Tuesday, I'll give it again. So some of you um, are, are not able to make it on a Sunday, so feel free to come on a Friday night or Tuesday, but let me tell you, this is how it's going to flow. Every Friday is the beginning of the message, right? So Friday first message, then Sunday, and Tuesday will be the same. So don't think you'll come on Tuesday and hear a different message. No, I'll just nail this one for the third time. So there it is. Today, I want to jump in because the first topic that we're going to talk about is choosing his way over my way. And this really is kind of an overview of the book of Proverbs and kind of setting up what we're going to go through for the next 11, 11 weeks together as we go through this. And I would encourage us all to remember that in your notes even, here we go, that Christianity is not about a stuffy religion of rules. If you've ever gone through the book of Proverbs, you can kind of look at it and go, man, there's a lot of rules in here. Like, wow, like, woo, this is God's wisdom on how to best live our lives. And I want to say that Christianity is not about a stuffy religion of rules. Would you agree with that? Amen. I, I think back to my Uber ride in Houston. Oh, dude, I love the balcony. That's my people up there. Hey, what's up, balcony? Sorry, I'm getting distracted. I think back of my, my Uber ride in Houston, and I was in the Uber ride, and it was a Muslim guy that was driving me, and he just, I don't know if he was trying to, I don't know, tell me about what it is to be a Muslim or whatever, but by the time I got to the airport, I was stressed out. I was like, man, that's a lot of rules. That's a lot of, like, hoping you can earn your way to God. I'm like, I was stressed out for him. It's one thing I love about Christianity. It's not about earning your way to God. It's not about setting these rules and, like, I got to hit this. Like, no, man, Christianity is the one where God actually came to earth. And he's like, listen, there's this thing called grace and love, and I'm with you. I know you're messed up. (laughs) You all look like Aaron. You're all messed up. And then I remember back to when I was working at the steel mill in, in Pueblo, Colorado, and I, I worked with the guys. He was a devout um, Mormon, and I was just interested. Like, I don't know much about, you know, Mormonism, what it is. And he's like, Aaron, don't worry. Like, if you were Mormon, you'd be in celestial heaven. I'm like, I have no idea. It's like levels, I guess, you earn, and celestial's like the top, I guess. I can populate my planet, or I'm not sure how it all works. But he's like, you made it, man. You made it. You earned your way. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I don't want any religion where it's about stuffy rules and regulations. And as we go through the book of Proverbs, man, I just want us to know that Christianity is about freedom. And Jesus has come to give us that freedom. Let's open up our Bible to Matthew 11. Yeah, I know we're in Proverbs, but we're going to set this up. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30 is such a great way to set this up. Then Jesus said, come to me. Keep in mind. Then Jesus said, super important, come to me. All you who are weary, anyone weary in here, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Amen. Take my yoke upon you. 
Let me teach you because I am humble or humble if you're from Texas. I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Christianity is not about a stuffy like set of rules that we've got to take and we've got to keep to earn our way to God. No, it's about freedom. And as he's talking here, he says, my yoke is easy. And what's a yoke? Because we're all farmers, we know what that is. And, and during this time, it would be like two oxen that would be yoked together and they would pull together and they would work together and it would make their work even easier. And when Jesus is saying, take on my yoke and it's easy, man, that... There's a wonderful book that Carrie gave me, and it's in your version notes. It's, it's uh, called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Everyone go buy it right now, but he uses this word, and I think it fits so perfect right now. Our goal is to apprentice Jesus. What a good word, man. Apprentice Jesus. That's our rule. That's, a, that's like our goal. And when you think of the yoke of Jesus is light and the burden is light, it's like we're, we're pulling along with Jesus and looking over and he's like, you got it. See, it's not as hard as you thought, man. We're doing this life together. Our goal should be to apprentice Jesus. Amen? Amen. So what is compelling about the way of Jesus? If you've read your Bible or you call yourself a Christian, what is compelling about the way of Jesus? See, the world responds one way, but Jesus responds another way. There's wisdom of the world and there's wisdom of Jesus. And as we get into the book of Proverbs, man, he, it is full of just like, this is the best way to live. Like, this is the best way to live. And it's a light yoke. Jesus says, apprentice me. I've already lived in this world, and I'm going to show you how to do it. The world responds one way, but Jesus responds another way. You see, Jesus compels. He compels with his life, the way he talks, the way sometimes he doesn't talk. He sits in silence. Like, Jesus compels, and when it's compelling, that leads to freedom, to joy, to love, to life. Like, that's the way Jesus responds in this world. The world, though, repels, repels. It's a hard word to say. Repels. You get what I'm saying? And that leads to what? Shame and guilt and bondage and death. You see, what is so compelling about the way of Jesus? Man, he compels all the time. He loves. He doesn't shame and guilt. That's the way of the world. So when we look at the book of Proverbs here and we begin to study the book of Proverbs, it's all about wisdom and gaining wisdom. So we will know the fear of the Lord and we will know the best way to live. Like this is the book of Proverbs and wisdom is choosing what is worth living for. In our one and only life, like wisdom is choosing what is worth living for. Wisdom is saying, I'm going to choose the way of Jesus over my own way. And? Wisdom starts with this fancy word that I will say is called lordship. Lordship is saying, God, there's one way to live in world in this world, and that's my way, or another way which says, you are my Lord, and I serve you. And when we talk about this word lordship, it's like, this is the wisdom of God. And as we go through the book of Proverbs, there may be things that God kind of shows us. We're like, we're not quite living this way. 
in our thoughts, our actions, whatever it may be. And as Christians, our goal should be say, say, God, you are the Lord of my life. And so if you show me a way in my life where I'm not quite living under that, I will come under your lordship and I surrender to you. Like I choose your way over my way. Amen? That's my prayer for my life. That's my prayer for us as church project. And when we talk of lordship, it's true. Psalms 103.19 says this, The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. He's the Lord of the world, of the earth, the creator. Why would we think we could live outside of that? Like he is the Lord of all. I think of Romans 14, verses 8 through 9. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. Amen? And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. Amen? So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ, Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be the Lord of both the living and the dead. So as we get into the book of Proverbs, does God's wisdom weigh heavy in your decision-making process? And think about it. Think about the days where you wake up and you're like, I've got a lot of decisions to make and I'm just going to like, personality A, go through those and like, bam, 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 done. And then we look back on the end of the day and we're like, well, I didn't actually consider how Jesus would move in this moment. I didn't actually take time to pause and listen to the Holy Spirit and say, God, give me wisdom. And I just did what I wanted to do. Does God's wisdom weigh heavily in your decision-making process? In essence, it's this. Whose wisdom are you going to choose? Like, we, we have a choice, don't we? It's not like God says, you're going to do one thing and one thing only. No, we have a choice every day when we live. Are we going to believe in our wisdom? Or are we going to believe in the wisdom of the world? Are we going to believe in our parents' wisdom? Or our coach's wisdom? Or God's wisdom? Now, parents always have godly wisdom. I hope Zoe and Audra are listening, right? <laughs> we have a choice. We are choosing who we believe and we're choosing who we trust with our life. And I, my prayer is that we are heavily weighting our decisions as the Holy Spirit guides us in the best thing to do. Because listen, I'm just not smart enough to know how to live today. And I need God to guide me. And I, I believe that if you're anything like me, you need the same in your life. So it starts with lordship and saying, God, I'm either going to choose my way and the world's way or I'm going to choose your way. And I'm going to adjust my life every day to how you're telling me to live my life. So choosing his way over my way, I, I think one of the best ways to start is just talking about a heart. See, broken hearts do crazy things. Would you agree? If not, just listen to any country song. Like, <laughs> broken hearts do crazy things. If not, go back to your junior high like, dance that you went to. And when that, when that girlfriend broke up with you, and you're like, ah, and you're like a weeping mess or whatever. Just think of times in your life when you had a broken heart and maybe you, you responded out of that broken heart. See, God is after our hearts. He doesn't want us to live with broken hearts. But yet as our, as our child is getting bad, bad medical diagnosis, it's hard not to have a broken heart and it's hard to trust God in the middle of what he's doing. And even if the diagnosis never turns around and it ends in everyone's nightmare, do we still have a heart that will trust God? Because he's a good God. Of the living of the dead, he's Lord over everything. 
And in our limited perspective, sometimes it's hard to know that and it's hard to walk with broken hearts saying, God, here's my heart. And that's why he's after our heart because he knows that there's going to be moments in life where we have broken hearts because we're finite human beings. We're, We're body, soul, mind, spirit, like all this. We don't suppress our emotions. Bad things happen when we suppress our emotions. He's saying, I'm after your heart. And so I'm going to riddle through some Proverbs. Because I think God will speak to you in these. So get your pen ready or look at your U version notes. Like Proverbs 1.23 says, Come and listen to my counsel. I, I will share my heart with you and make you wise. He's after a heart transplant. He wants us to have his heart. And he says, I'll share my heart with you and it will make you wise. Proverbs 4.23. We all know this one. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Do not surrender your heart to anyone or anything, church, other than God. Because, man, as much as I love Lauren, my wife, we've been married 20 years, like, it could happen in an instant where she's no longer walking with me. And if that was my reality, my reality is crushed, right? Like, we need to say, God, You and you alone have my heart because this world is just so who knows, man. And so our goal and our aim is to have the heart of God because that's where the wisdom comes from. And he says, I want you to have my heart, a heart that is loving and beating and alive, not a heart of stone. But some of us, to protect ourselves, we're like, we we have a hard heart because the world is messed up and hard. And God says, no, that's not what I want. That's not wisdom. Don't walk around with a hard heart. Walk around with my heart heart. Amen. Here's a couple more Proverbs I want to give you before we get into this part of the message I think is the most powerful, okay? So I'm going to set it up with this. Proverbs 16, 18 says this, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before it all. Now, you've heard this story a thousand times, but it just just shows how bad of a husband I am. You know, my wife would constantly run into curbs in our car, and I'm like, what are you doing again? Did you not see the curb? Like, you know, just like whatever, until the week I smashed a curb so stinking hard, I think it bent a rim. (laughs) Pride comes before a downfall. I'm like, I'm sorry, Lauren. I've never complained again. In fact, I think I hit her more now than she does. Like, we've lived this in life, right? It's wisdom. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. So it's talking about pride. Proverbs 16.20, those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. So it's about trusting in the Lord and listening to wisdom. Proverbs 16.25, there is a path before each person. And Aaron will choose the wrong one every time. No, it doesn't say that. But there is a path before each person that seems right. But in the end, it leads to death. How many times have we woken up, made decisions, lived our life, and we just did what seemed right? We never consulted God, the Holy Spirit. It just seemed right. That usually leads to bad places for me, if you're anything like me. So, so far in these three Proverbs, we looked at pride and trust and doing what seems right to us. And in all of these things right here, just kind of setting up this, this study in the book of Proverbs, I want, it, I want us to picture this. And for some of us, this is where we just open our hearts and our imagination because all of this leads to what I think is a sweet coffee conversation with our Father. 
Now, I know on earth, our relationship with our Father may be a little warped, missing, um, bad, good. I don't know what your earthly um, relationship with your Father is. So let's just put it in the heavenlies. Let's just put it in the celestial. Like, okay, a conversation with God. God has invited you today, right now, literally in this place, and he said, pull up a chair because I want to sit and have a coffee with you. And it's a harbinger coffee. It's really good. And so he, he gives it to you, and he says, let's have a conversation. So some of us, let's, let's get rid of our American learning, and it's all cerebral. Let's get imaginative for a second, because God's having a cup of coffee with you to teach you about wisdom. And who wouldn't want to have wisdom from God Almighty? Here we go. All he says, not all, but for this little thing, I'm going to read Proverbs 2. Straight out of the Bible, God having a conversation with you. Close your eyes if you want to. Or follow along. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. These men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. They take pleasure in doing wrong, and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. Their actions are crooked, and they are, their ways are wrong. Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman. For the seductive words of the promiscuous woman... She has abandoned her husband and ignores the covenant she made before God. Entering her house leads to death. It is the road to the grave. The man who visits her is doomed. He will never reach the paths of life. So follow the steps of the good and stay in the paths of the righteous. For only the godly will live in the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be removed from the land, and the treacherous will be uprooted. And God, as you're having a a coffee conversation with him, looks up up at you and says, choose wisdom. Don't follow the seductive ways of the unwise. Choose me. Have my heart. The cool thing about this is as Christians, those that call ourselves Christ followers, we already have been given this wisdom. We've already been given the wisdom. Why? 
Because we have the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit will guide us. And back to the book I referenced, thank you, Carrie. Oftentimes, we just get in too much of a rush. We're in too much of a hurry. We have too much to do. Our schedule's too full. We have too much for hustling, right? And God says, slow down. Listen to my Holy Spirit. I've already given you the wisdom. Are you listening and asking for it? And in essence, it's slowing down to the pace of the Holy Spirit in our life. Slowing down to the pace of Jesus. Saying, God, give me your wisdom. I want to end with this. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Maybe. Uh Uh-oh. Where did it go? Who has it? Mine disappeared. Huh? Yeah, bring that up here. I don't know what happened to mine. Thank you, bro. Good thing I got my glasses on. I've, I've, I'm older now, by the way. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. So be careful how you live. Don't live like the fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Would we agree these are evil days? Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is the coolest part that we got to experience this morning, starting in verse 19. Sorry, Jason, I stole your Bible. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, Spirit, singing psalms and praise and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Like, this is what we even experienced this morning. Why? Because we woke up. Whew, that's pretty cool right there. We woke up. And hopefully as Christ followers, we said, God, I choose your way, your wisdom today. Like, man, I need you to guide me. I don't want to do what just seems right to me. Like, I don't want to live in pride. Like, I don't want that. I want to trust you and what you're doing in my life. And by the way, that's even before we got out of bed. Then we got out of bed today and we chose some really good clothes, right? And we came here this morning, and because we were alive in Jesus Christ and what he was doing, this place erupted in praise today. And in verse 19, in singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts, and giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is choosing his way over our way. It's knowing that our life is about him and choosing his way. And as we do that, and we leave here in a few minutes, and we go to wherever we're going and having pizza or wherever we're going and doing today, guess what? We get to take the joy of the Lord everywhere. Why? Because we're walking with his heart, not the heart of the world. And then, watch out. Because our house churches, they'll be too full. Because people will want to share life together. They'll want to walk through good things together. They'll want to walk through bad things together. We will be sharing life together and telling how God has moved in our life and what we need help walking through with. 
And then also watch out because this place, I don't know what the capacity is, but we can fit more up there. I just don't want you up there. That's my place. I like it up there. I, I'm done because my notes are done. Let's, let's pray. If you would, just put your hands out in front of you in an open way, just palms open. It's hard to fight like this, and it's easy to receive like this. And so with your hands open, just, God, however I've walked in pride, I give it to you. Like, think back in your life the way that you were just like, life is about me and what I'm going to do and what I want. And man, God, I take those moments, and I encourage you, church, to take those moments, put them in your hand and say, God, here, life is about you, not me. What seems right to do in my, in my mind often leads to destruction, pain, and hurt. And God, you don't, that's not how you want me to live my life. So God, I, I ask you to forgive me of the times that I chose my way over your way. And then God, would you please take that pride and replace it with your heart to love to love myself and to love the world around me and to love you. God, I want a soft heart. I want to be compelling, not repelling with my life, with my words, with my actions. I want others to see joy. So I'd encourage you, church, just to sit in a few moments of silence and have a conversation with God. For some of us, it may be for the first time recognizing we need you, God. There is something compelling about you, how you lived, how you walked, and how you've encouraged us to walk, and I need you. So God, please, in in my life, the, the best way I know how, God, please, I give you control of my life, not me. I call on your name, Jesus. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you did what you did, God, and I trust you with my life. For some of us, As we're looking at Proverbs and we're examining and we're listening to the Holy Spirit moving at his pace, we're going to see things and he's going to reveal things in our lives that just aren't under his lordship. And we need to change the way that we're living, the way that we think. Because the most important thing is living under the lordship of Jesus Christ in our life. You can choose and I can choose the best way to live or a subsect of that. So have a conversation with God in this place. God, thank you for bringing your church together. Thank you for who you are and who you've created us to be. God, I pray over my life and all of my brothers and sisters that we will choose your way over our ways. That we will love ourselves and you and the world as you have, God. Thank you for bringing us together. In your name we pray. Amen.